You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, all you dog-loving peeps. Tom Davis here, host of the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. You guys, I'm so excited because a couple things. We're doing a giveaway, and this is an awesome video, um, basically with a with a couple who's working with a two-year-old blue healer that's doing blue healer things. We are herding. We are going after other dogs when they're overly stimulated. We're barking at people when they come into the house. And we also have, um, they, they've done a couple different training styles and worked with a couple different people. So they're kind of getting clarification on how to use the remote collar and how I use it and why it's different and why I do the things I do. Um, so we go over a couple different things, but it's a great podcast, very informative. And there's two things that I say in this podcast that I've never said before that really kind of hit with me. And I was like, wow, that's a good one. I'm glad I was recording this. Um, and so... Listen to the podcast. I'm, I'm sure you'll pull some information on it. And um, the giveaway, I'm giving away a, for the first time on this podcast, I am giving away a No Bad Dogs Tom Davis Edition 280C e-collar. And all you guys have to do is, if you haven't yet, you have to go to whatever, however you're listening to this podcast, you go to the review section, leave an honest review on the podcast. And within that podcast, um, or I'm sorry, within the um Within the review, we're gonna we're gonna pick uh, one person, and we're gonna be picking it. Today's Monday, uh, November first. We're gonna be picking that Wednesday. So if you guys are listening to this, go and do your review. And also, what I'm doing for anybody who's listening to this after, what I'm starting to do is, if you guys leave a review, because you can't comment on podcasts, you can't see comments, but you can see reviews. So what I was thinking of is like, I want to know your questions on the podcast because my podcast listeners and my other content listeners sometimes differ and I want to know what you guys want to hear. So if you're hearing this after the podcast, simply go and leave a review and in the review, just leave a question and I'll answer it on the next podcast. So you have a couple of different ways to, to get on the podcast and get your um, dog training questions answered by me. So hope you guys enter to win. I wish you the best of luck and let's get into the podcast. Okay, so we just have kind of a list of things that we kind of wanted to talk about. Would you say it's all behavioral with our dog? I would think so, yeah. Okay, so what's easiest? Just kind of go down the list or? Yeah, yeah, just just tell me what your, you know, what your main concerns are and the things that you want to work on uh, the most, the things that are concerning the most, and that's what, that's what we can start with. Do you, okay. want, do you want any training history on her? Sure, if it helps, so she's yeah. Two years, she just turned two years old, so blue healer. And uh, she's had, what was her beginning course? I don't know how long it was. Her beginning course was like, I want to say it was 12 weeks. So did 12 weeks of like puppy age training. She was around 
four months old or so when we did that. Okay. So you did a little bit of like basic obedience with her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You ever heard of McCann dog training? Yeah. That's who it was. Cool. We, we did their online course they had for them. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Their life program. And then we did eight weeks of uh, e-collar training with her just with a local trainer. With a local trainer within the last, was it a few months ago? Yeah. That we finished up. Uh-huh. From like, it was eight weeks of training, but we skipped a couple of weeks here and there just scheduling things. So it ended up actually spanning over a couple of months or more than a couple of months. Okay. Got it. So, um, yeah, just start down there. So, I, yeah. I, so I think our biggest questions come in with, really with the way we use learned to use the e-collar with this trainer we think is a little bit different than the way you teach it and we kind of wanted to talk through those little nuanced differences and how that might be affecting things with her sure because we're still seeing problems with reactivity with her and then more so probably fear she can tell she's unsure and just that anxiety that that, that dogs get yeah okay so, um, no. go ahead. No, I, I, I didn't have anything. I was just looking at our list. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So you're, so you're dealing with like some fear, anxiety type stuff. What are the, what are the things that you guys are dealing with the most with, uh, with that? So we can take her. We can be in the public and be out with her anywhere, and she's, she's actually great. Like she doesn't really care about other people. If she sees another dog, depending on the dog. Like, like if a dog's showing, like, I use the term, like, squares up and, like, gets really perky and, like, wants to, you know, kind of notices her, sometimes that'll get her and sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll send her into, like, a, she'll start, like, a slow, subtle growl and then she'll start barking. Sometimes she'll try to pull towards the dog. Other times she doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. If dogs completely ignore her, she's perfectly fine. She'll walk right past them. It's no big deal. Okay. It's all based on, like, their behavior. And so I think what, I mean, correct us if we're wrong, but we think that the issue with that is just like being able to see her before she reacts and correct it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like so, the timing of her correction. Yeah. So she see, she sees other dogs and if the other dogs are interested in her and or becoming reactive to her, then she reacts. Yes. And and we see it with dogs that we know aren't, aren't behaved. If she's around a well-trained dog, she's fine. Mm-hmm. Like she, the, if the dog tells her to leave her alone, she'll just leave it alone. She doesn't, she can get along with it fine, but yeah, it's the ones that are, aren't trained and are, you know, trying to make those, that body language towards her is usually what gets her going. Okay. And what does she do when, when you say it gets her going, what is she doing? Uh, just, she, she focuses just on that dog and she'll like you said she'll either start with like a slight growl or she'll actually start barking at him okay. and, and pull, pulling towards them okay yeah like we've seen her be as reactive as like i wouldn't like so we did we did an agility class like six weeks of big agility mm-hmm. in a group session and even the last week of the class like um if any dogs, they did a really good job that if all the dogs were out together, every dog was leashed and we were trying to like keep our distance from other dogs. And then, you know, that kind of thing. But, but as you get towards the end of the class, you have to go off leash for agility stuff. Like you can't 
Yeah. You, know, you can't do agility with a leash on. And so they're in the very last week, a late, when they did that, all the rest of the dogs that were not out were in crates, like along the sidelines kind of thing. So it was pretty well controlled with trying to keep dogs separated. Mm -hmm. But then there was one lady who brought her dog and just had him lay under her chair and Reese noticed that dog and kind of ran towards them and started barking and reacting just because that dog wasn't in a crate. And the start line was like right by where that okay. dog was. And that so, dog wasn't reactive. And that dog wasn't there. reactive. He was just laying there. Yeah. So it was very kind of random and out of character. And we weren't really sure if she was reacting at the dog or the lady. Okay. And, and like, what is she doing? She's just barking, lunging. Yeah, she'll try to nip. She's trying to yeah. nip she gets people. A little okay, just I mean, blue healer they nip. Right, that's what it, that's what this sounds like to me. Is this sounds like a lot of blue healer stuff? So it sounds it sounds very in character for any type of herding dog to exhibit some of these behaviors, considering the circumstances that you've given me of of an out of control dog. So she's so I I, I call it like policing, and really what it is is it's herding. So dogs that. Yeah. So basically, if, if if there's a dog out on your walk and the other dog is out of control or barking or on a flexi lease, bouncing off at the end of that, et cetera, you may get her to, to, to then react. You may get her to then say, hey, knock it off. I got to get over there and I'm, I need to I need to police this situation. So that's what it sounds like to me. So as far as, be, you know, behavioral stuff goes, it's it it's not it's not like. I'm blown away that this is happening with a two-year-old healer. I mean, it's like, holy right. crap. So I think, you know, my, I would say that what I would be recommending to you guys, the best thing to be, to be doing is a lot of, um, a lot of, I mean, obedience is going to play a big role to, to deactivate some of this because you're not going to be able to completely get rid of that healer. So, no. so it's just like a dog and a, and a squirrel or a bird, you know, you're not going to be able to say, Hey, don't care. Especially when they have a, when they have a very ingrained fundamental like behavioral uh, instinct towards some of this stuff. So like, again, having a, a bird dog, you know, get excited or stimulated by birds, things like that. Those are things that you're going to work on obedience to control it. And, and that's, what's going to make this successful over time. If we have opportunities to desensitize some of these distractions, that would be nice to say like, hey, here's a couple off-leash dogs. Uh, you know, the things that I'm going to do are going to be, hey, let's do this obedience routine to get you introduced to me or I'm, I'm sorry, engaged with me and then I'm going to pay you for these things. So like things like that will be really helpful. Um, how, how do you feel like your obedience is right now? I'd say if we had to rate her out of 100, I would give her an 80, 85 then on a lot of her things, like I said, this is our second one. So we, we have another blue healer that's like completely opposite of her. Of her. Yeah. And so and that's struggle. Like he's super friendly. He'll go up to anybody. He's fine with every dog. And she's like total, like if you read a blue healer description, she's it. Yeah. 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 And that's, and, and like I said, that's kind of common. Um, I think that, so the difference typically in my experience in the history has been seeing the, just the genetics of the dog. So just seeing like, Hey, we got the, you know, because this is the same thing with German shepherds. I, I see a lot of German shepherds, um, German shepherd owners deal with this as they don't realize that German shepherds are, there's many different flavors of them, if you will. There's many different types of them. So, um, let me, uh, let me just put you on hold for one second. There's, 
I think somebody's going to ring my doorbell in a second. My wife is supposed to be right here. Hold, give me one second. I'll be sure. right. Yep. Yeah, I'll be right back. Thank, thank you. Yep. I think these things are the biggest. The e collar use. I want I like Cool. Sorry about that, guys. So that's okay. Did, does what I was saying make sense so far? Yeah. So yeah, and, and like I said, we like to add too with it's just going back to the reactivity is like. We see it more at the house at than we home. do anywhere, which She's I would assume protective. is common because it's kind of her home. You know what I mean? It's her territory. Is how I would understand it. And, and just things we can do to help her with, like, if somebody comes over, like, she'll just yip, 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 yip. And, like, it actually takes us a while to get her to, to the point where we can actually get somebody inside. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and again, like, I, th I think a lot of that is you're going to have to really – zoom out a little bit and get macro and say, okay, how can we deal with this situation? So we have a two-year-old blue healer that, you know, is, is being a two-year-old blue healer, if you will. <laughs> and, and then how are we going to deal with this situation? So again, I think, a, I think a lot of this is going to be control and suppression. So great example of suppression. Um, I, I just told you there's an appliance guy here to look at my freezer. So one of my dogs is going to want to go and see that person. And I just have to say, Hey, you're going to stay in your place over here instead. So that's what she does. So she's like, yeah, but I want to go say, I'm like, yeah, I know, but he's going to be busy and you're going to be in his way and you're going to be kissing his face and he might not want that. So that's like suppression. Yeah. That's like, I know what you want to do, but you're going to, you're going to have to listen to me because my obedience is going to overcome all of that. So mm. with her, same thing. Ding dong. Somebody's here. Guest, family, whatever. And she's like, she's, she's alert barking. She's suspicious yep. potentially, you know, depending on who it is. She may be excited depending on who she is. And that's where your control has to come in. So if I didn't have good obedience with my dogs, I, I would have to just, I would have to avoid. So there's a difference between avoidance and suppression. So avoidance would mm -hmm. be, I'm just going to put you into your crate and, and be done with it. It is a little bit of suppression, I guess, in a form of it. But what I do is I say, go to your place, downstay, and then you're just going to have to stay there. And you can see the guy that's there. In your case, you can see your guest that's walking in. Um, you can work on leave it so you're not getting the overreactive vocalization, things like that. So I just want to kind of map out that idea of, again, I don't, I don't think it's even realistic for most dogs to completely, somebody comes into your home and they're like, yeah, I don't care. I mean, that's not realistic for most dogs. That's mm -hmm. like no. w one of their biggest traits is that, I mean, that's why a lot of people have dogs is for yep. one, one of yeah. two things, either for protection or because they make us happy yep. and they get excited to see us. Well, and that's, that's what we don't want to do either. I don't want to fully suppress her barking when someone comes to the door. Cause there's a number of reasons why that's actually a good thing. Right. Yeah. We just need her to understand that Hey, yeah. when I say it's okay and it's enough, then you need right. to take my word for it. Right. 
Exactly. And and that's where, again, that's where your obedience comes in. That's where your communication comes in. Again, it's and like... And that's just done through practicing that exact thing, that scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's being realistic to counter the things that you're having problems with. So that this is, this is where it gets granule. This is where it gets really micro, where you have to write out maybe the three things that you, two or three things that you really want to work on. So if it's, if it's her going up to nip, like recall is going to be big for you guys. So same thing at at the agility ring there where she went off leash, you can just Mm -hmm. say come. And if she's like, no, I'm not coming. That's, that's so, so my point is, is if you look at that situation when she runs after the other dog or the other person and you say come and she doesn't like, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Like that's, that's not okay. Yeah, right. So there's there's right. step there's step one, but um, the other things too are, are are obviously just making sure that you know what you're going to do with her when you have people over. So again, like recall, that's a perfect example of why that would be good, or the place yep. and downstay as well. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. somebody just came into my house as to work on the appliance, and I can send my dogs to places and downstay no matter what's going on. So the place downstay are kind of usually married with each other. Um, the place, mm-hmm. the place for me is just, well, and we'll talk about the e-collar in a minute, but cause I know that that's going to roll into the next thing, sending her, yes. sending my dog away to the place. Cause my St. Bernard doesn't really care. He's going to go up. He's going to sniff somebody and walk away. No big deal. He's not going to be vocal. That's it. He's like a big horse. And then, but my shepherd is going to be like, Ooh, Ooh, what are you doing? And it's kind of like what your dog's pretty much doing, just more vocal. So again, like sending your dog away to a targeted area, to say, hey, go there on your cue, because um, of course it's it's the same thing with off leash and suppression. Is your dog is always going to want to be running around, and your job is to say, right. okay, there's danger, it's time to go, um, so on and so forth. You need to be able to say, come, and they're like, okay, got it. Uh, and then I think leave it would be good in this case, just to say, hey, yeah, somebody's here, but stop barking. But I think the I think they would all come into play. You can kind of use them as a trifecta of somebody. Yeah. Somebody comes to the door, go to your place. Dog goes to their place, stay. That person comes in, they start to bark. Tell them to leave it. If she breaks the stay, you can recall the dog back, put the dog back into the place. Um, and so, of course, that's way easier said than done. You can't just say, "Oh, oh yeah, sure, right. we'll do that now." <laughs> that's where. Yeah. yeah you know, conditioning comes in, practice comes in, making sure that you're, yeah, I think I always tell dog owners that you have to make sure that your expectations matches your practice. So if you want to go out and win a championship, but you're not showing up to practice, it's probably not going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. you're going to be working on those individual things and you guys can kind of decide, those are my just three behaviors I would say would be helpful. And you guys can kind of, you know, make it yours. But those okay. things just off the top of my head would be good. Now, mm-hmm. again, you kind of you we kind of go back down to not being naive to say, oh, once my dog goes to their place, no matter what circus walks through my house, they're going to stay. There's always going to be right. flaws in obedience. There's always going to be temptation. Yeah. There's always going to be a yeah, but. And there's always going to be these times where maybe you're not that prepared. And that's where like the remote collar would come in to help assist you off leash entirely. So, and we can talk about that now as kind of like the things that you guys have been doing with the remote collar and any questions you have on maybe the reintroduction or whatever. Okay. So we did um, the eight weeks with remote collar training 
And I think the difference, is, the biggest differences that I can see are that her, her training uses the remote collar as strictly a correction. Mm-hmm. When, like, give the command, see if they're going to listen, and then use it alongside of your verbal no. Mm-hmm. And then give the command again. Mm-hmm. And then, so the remote collar use is always like, sit. And then she doesn't do it. It's right. no. Yep. And then it again, which seems different to me than how you teach it. And maybe it's not, but. Yeah. Okay. I'll go, I'll get into it. So you, when you say eight weeks of training, that's like once a week. So like eight sessions. Mm-hmm. It was like an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once a week with the trainer, then we did. The and then we work. did. Yeah. We did okay. practice in between. Okay. Yeah. It's similar. Um, and, and one thing that I always try to tell people is the dog industry is so I think the, you you said it best. It's different than me. It's not wrong. It's not right. It's not incorrect. It's yeah. just different. That's a great way to put it. So I don't have to get too much into that. Um, but yeah, the, so the way that I do it, um, and, and again, this is just my preference and my style, and a lot of people just find it to, to make sense. It makes sense to me. That's why I do it. And that's, why I, that's how I learned how to do it was I do it very similarly. Now, one big question I have for you is what type of e-collar do you have? The mini educator? Yeah, mini educator. Okay. Yep. So very similar to the, to the doctor units that I use as far as stimulation levels go. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, similar. What levels are you guys usually on? Her working levels usually around in between eight and 11. Yeah. Okay. Like now low. when like if, if there's like something that, but it's yeah. important to note that that is on a correction instead of conditioning because right. she taught it. And I think, you either had a video or a blog post or something that we watched that, or somewhere that I read it, maybe it was in your e-collar training where you had said you're looking for like response to the collar, like even an ear twitch or like yeah. to turn their head or something. And you're going below that. Yeah. That is not what taught us. So she taught us to go where you see the response. Right. So I think. Yep. Yep. No, that, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, totally makes sense. And and every dog is different and it's, that's why it's hard. Like I put out content for dog owners because it, it is so generalized that of course you just take little pieces that make sense. But of course, every single dog and every training situation is going to be different. And I'd much rather mm-hmm. have somebody look at somebody who's doing it in a very, um, proper way, I guess the, the right way, if you will, or, or, or a way that makes sense instead of just putting mm-hmm. the e-collar on and figuring it out, you know? So yeah. yeah, which happens still anyway, but, uh, yeah. So basically what you guys are doing now is you're, f- you're, you're kind of using the lower end of the corrective levels. So conditioning would be right below those levels, which is where I work, uh, four, mm-hmm. four to six, seven ish area you guys are just one above where it, and it makes sense and it's mm-hmm. not wrong and to some extent some dogs respond better to that but the the only the only reason why I don't do it that way is because I don't want dogs to become sensitive to the remote collar to where they because some dogs are sensitive and they can get like oh this is kind of stressful or maybe they'll shut down or or maybe they'll be like, yeah, this isn't that fun. So that's like you get a you get a working healer and you put it to their lowest level of of correction, if you will, or lowest level of pressure. You'll probably be fine with getting away with that. But the only 
the only problem that I find with that, which I found before, is the dog associates the collar only with corrections and only with the reinforcement and, and the punishment. So some t- most oftentimes the, the macro to that and the sustainability of that is hard because the dog becomes super collar aware where if you're putting it on and you're like, hey, this is your punishment button that I'm going to be able to use from a distance, which is essentially the the goal of the remote collar in the end to make sure that our dogs you know, are safe and if they're not on leash, they can still listen. So it's not a terrible way mm-hmm. to do it. It's just I find dogs to become super collar aware um, and it's it's not as conversational as the way that I introduce it because I like to have those low-level conversations where the dog feel it feels it and it's more of a a communicative association rather than a communicative correction. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, so you're, you're right there. And, and, and really I do that's half. So the way that you're doing it is half of the way that I do it. Once a dog is conditioned on those lower levels, then I'll use the same training technique that you're using, but I, I introduce it on the low levels first. That's the only thing that you're missing. Possible for us to, because your method, I will say it does make more sense to me. I think the biggest question that I have is we want to continue to do agility with her mm-hmm. and we're very worried about her being collar aware yeah. and only listening when she's wearing a collar. So is that I, my brain and my thought around that says that the timing would be really important and that you're not using the collar along with your voice, but right after your voice so that she starts to respond just to your voice, but then knows that if she doesn't, the collar is coming right then. Yeah. Like, almost like trying to the stimulation of the collar. Yeah. Am I thinking this through right? Yeah. Is that making well? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, that's just the way that you guys have been doing it. And so if, if you're interested in maybe uh, almost recalibrating it or reconditioning it, you could you could just kind of go back through and – if she, so if you're finding those levels where she's physically respo- responding so she's she's you know getting she's getting a little antsy maybe she's like okay this is a little uncomfortable kind of like a hot shower or even a cold shower for that matter you're it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like you're screaming bloody murder but you're like ah oh, this is getting a little uncomfortable and that's wh- that's the levels you're working on because it is a correction at that point so it makes sense to do it there but like you mm-hmm. said, you you have to worry about the potential risk of, of, of the collar awareness, really, especially with a dog like her, because she's a strong, probably pretty confident dog. You're, you know, because there's some dogs you just don't want to do that introduction to because it's just too much for them, which is why I try to find like an even level of playing field of introduction. So I would just go back through and introduce it between a four and a six on just with like a lots of positive reinforcement with food and kind of reassociate it that way. Cause the dog is feeling it because if she's, if she's corrective at, I think you said what nine to 11 or something, mm-hmm. you could, you could go down to um, a four to eight and just use it as, as stimulation and just kind of pair it with your voice for a couple weeks and just kind of recalibrate it a little bit, almost reintroduce it. So you're all, so you're basically saying to her, it also means this, it can also represent this. It's not always a representation of a punishment. It's also Mm -hmm. a representation of, um, just working together in general. And that's, that's why I like using the e-collar the way I do it is because it becomes very balanced to where you can say, Hey, this represents food and excitement. Like I can't even, I can't even slide my e-collars across the counter without my dogs going crazy. So like, yeah, you want it to be more of that and, and more of an association of going out to do stuff off leash 
And so if mm -hmm. you're if you're using the remote collar the corrective way, you're only using it as a correction. You have you don't have a lot of availability to condition with it. And so when I'm out working with a dog conditioning, like I don't I don't condition my dogs on the remote collar because they're they're there. They're already in shape, you know. So when I go out and I'm using it, I may only use it as a correction in the future because it's an extension of me, you know, but in the introductional phase to kind of rephase all of that out, you would just go back through and reintroduce it that way. You know, and right now she doesn't hate her color. When she sees it, she does associate it with like going, but like doing, doing fun things. Cause we made it a point. Like, yeah, it's good. Doing fun things. That's not a bad thing. Like she, if she gets it, she goes nuts. Cause she knows we're going somewhere. Yeah. yeah she doesn't have negative association to it at all. Good. Um, yeah. And she wouldn't at those levels. Those are, so, so I, I guess my point is, is you can stay doing what you're doing and it's not, it's going to be okay. Um, but if mm -hmm. you want to go in and start recon reconditioning it a different way with just using the pressure as more of a, an association, all you would do is go back through your basics and just turn the e-collar down a little bit and just use lots of positive reinforcement. Now I have a question about the timing of how you teach this. So I feel like I noticed in your video, but I'm not 100%. So when you're teaching it with conditioning, are you clicking the continuous tap, 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 when, right when you say whatever you want them to do, like place or come or whatever? Yeah. At the same time? Mm -hmm. So it's directly connected to your voice? Or are you doing yes. it like after? Nope. Or does that timing matter? It does matter. And I'm doing it at the same time because it's not a, it's not a level that corrects the dog. So it's not, okay. it's not going to give the dog conflict. It's, it's not, they're just going to feel it. Okay. Yeah. So you're like, sit. Yes. And you're pushing. Yes. Does they say it off? Yeah. It releases. Yeah. So it's, it's negative reinforcement. So as soon as they, it's, it's, it's escape training. Um, but I think again, like negative reinforcement and escape training is associated with the dog maybe finding stress or maybe finding conflict. And I, I, I disagree. I think, I think negative reinforcement is, is also, or escape training is also just asking your dog to do something like they, they shut you up by compliance. They, you say, Hey, uh -huh. do this. And then they do it. And then your pressure shuts off, whether that's leash pressure, um, body pressure, prong pressure, e-collar pressure, harness pressure. They're doing something for you to shut something off. And then you can immediately transfer to positive reinforcement and then pay them with something. And it doesn't have to be food. It could be a ball. It could be a pet on the forehead. It could be just verbal praise. Mm -hmm. So you kind of can bounce mm -hmm. in between all of that. But yeah, that's the way I do it is I say, sit, good sit, come, good come, place, good place. And I'm tapping each time I say that to associate the e-collar conditioning. So they know that that feeling is me. And your collar holds down and it just does like a continuous tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like my collar, I have one right here. My collar has the, I think the subtle difference between your collar and ours from what I can tell is watching things is that ours has a continuous tap, yeah. but it's like fast. Yeah. So I, we have a continuous Nick and we have a continuous, continuous, regular continuous. So ours, the, this, this also is fast on continuous. It'll be more like pop, 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 pop. But the continuous yeah. Nick is pop, pop, pop. So it's more like a it's it's more like the reason why we did that is because it gives it I just wanted dog trainers to have more versatility. I wanted them to have more working options. I wanted them to be more creative and and to me you can associate that with like leash pressure as well. So like yeah. when you're mm -hmm. popping a leash or something like that. Yeah. Dogs just I think I feel like just animals in general do do well with like a rhythmic 
pressure system. You know, if, if yes. you're leading a horse somewhere and you're kind of popping them this way, they know that, you know, they have to shut it off, you know, by going to do something, you know. So, so anyway, so that's the reason why we did that. McCann teaches leash pops, and that's exactly the same concept, but they're doing it like one second after your voice. And I think my only concern is our, like, if she gets, if she associates that with our voice, do you find that people still have, like, that their voice still has meaning, power, yes. meaning, I guess, when they're not wearing an e-collar? Yeah, that's the reason why we condition it with our voice. So right now you're using it as, um, you're Function. using it as sit, and then if they don't, it's coming on. So yeah. what I'm doing is, and, and that's why I condition it with my voice, is I, I literally tap the remote. So I tap the remote every time I say something. So they, they're associating the e-collar stimulation with my voice. That's turning that on. See, when you're using it at the levels that you're using it, you can't do that because it's not fair because you're correcting them and asking them at the same time, and that's not fair. But if you're, using a, a right. lower, if you're using a lower level that just kind of associates your voice with this stimulation, kind of like your phone mm -hmm. ringing in your pocket. Like if that rings, you mm -hmm. know that it's your phone. You've, you've already associated mm -hmm. that and conditioned that. Or if somebody says your name, your name, you know your name, so you turn around. Yeah. Somebody taps you on the shoulder, that sort of thing. And you don't find that that affects the verbal control if there are circumstances, like if, for example, in agility, when she maybe can't be wearing an e-collar. No, I no, I find it to be even more. I, I find okay. it to I find it to be even more sustainable because it's it's once you condition it enough on the e-collar with your voice, they don't. I have found that they don't try to think twice to say, "Hey, is this collar on or not?" I can't I can't tell. Like, is it on or is it not on? So, mm -hmm. but that's the way I condition it is I condition it. So I do it for like two weeks sometimes where I'm just, it turns on, it turns on every time it turns on, it turns on. So they go, Oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. I do it from afar. I do it from the other room. I do it off leash. I do it on the trails. I do it all over the place. So they feel me. Mm -hmm. And, and then mm -hmm. that's the beauty of like the boost feature on the Tom Davis 280C that I just showed you. The boost feature mm -hmm. is essentially once your dog is conditioned well to it and they understand what it is, that's where your mm -hmm. immediate boost can come in. So it's the same principle that you're using is you would say come and they're right there and they heard you and they know recall and you've conditioned them. You would hold your five and then you'd hit your boost plus 10 maybe. And then it would immediately yeah. turn into a 15 to give them more pressure. Yes. Ours, our, ours has the boost. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's the way that, that you would do that is if you're going to have that, if you're going to have your dog off leash, you need to be able to immediately represent and meet them where they're at. Just like with kids. I, I live in a cul-de-sac and everybody has kids. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny the way it's, you know, I just, I just love learning new things, you know, and watching and, and seeing how things work. And one of the kids was, the younger kids was riding the, the four-wheeler little thing down the road and they were going too far. So I was like, hey, come back. Hey, come back, you know, immediately went from, Hey, turn <laughs> around and they didn't. And then boom, they elevated. And then the kid was like, Oh crap, I'm in trouble. So just, that's exactly like the difference between your conditioning and then boom. So you go from, Hey, Oh crap, you know, and you immediately meet them because they're like, you know, in the, in the moment and they're not going to come back if, if mom or dad is saying, Hey, come back. But if, hey, oh, that's serious. That's, okay, you're in trouble. Oh, I can hear that tone of voice. And that's kind of like what the pressure associates because there's nothing else in the world on earth that allows you to do that off-leash that really right. follows up. 
you know, really follows up. I'm not talking about, because dogs are, dogs are even more driven than kids are, especially when they're chasing something primal, you know, like very instinctual where there's a deer or there's a squirrel or there's another dog, especially with a healer. I mean, that's like tenfold. So you have to be able to meet them. And that's kind of like what that does. So, so think about it, like learning a new language right now, you guys are just learning the swear words. When you're conditioning, yeah. you're learning conversation. Got it. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? It's like right now you guys are kind of like learning how to say like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> but you're not really learning. Yeah. You're not really learning how to, you know, order a beer and order a pizza and, and really talk, yeah. you know. And that's and, and I've never put it put it in the way that I just did. But that's what it, that's what it kind of makes sense to me is right now you're kind of using it as one one sector of the communicative way. And if you condition it the way that I'm doing and you're just tapping all the time and you're like, hey, this is me. 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 They really kind of have a conversational piece. And it would be very easy for you guys to do. You would just turn it down a little bit and go do basics Mm -hmm. and then pay her. So it's more of a conversation. That's all. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, two weeks. If we did that solid for two two weeks, weeks. she would totally. Yeah, and usually. She is positively conditioned to yeah. it just like she's not collar shy she yeah. like same thing like if we pick up her collar she's like oh yeah something awesome's happening so it's cool. not yeah that's good so you just so so yeah I mean you can keep doing the things that you're doing because it's working um mm-hmm. but if you wanted to do it and I mean I'm sure you asked because you were you were intrigued by the way that I do it you could you could switch because you kind of have already half of what I do, and that's exactly what I do. Is I, I, I don't just go to oh crap buttons. I just I there's many of my good friends and colleagues do it that way, and I don't care, you know. And and I and I hope that they don't care, you know, the way that I condition it. But I just don't care. It's just I, that's the and way I. I think yeah, go ahead. That we, like it's mostly taught. I think you mostly see it, and it probably started in a lot of like hunting dogs. Is yes. how they usually use them that. Yes. Yeah. Because we did collar training with him, and it was the same. And it was a, and it was the same way. And that's all he, the other guy taught. He did world class like English labs. That's all he dog trained was duck mm-hmm. hunting dogs. But yeah, and that was the way it. And our dog, this other one, he became collar shy. He knew it was all this only time. Yep. Other yeah. than that, he didn't care. Yeah, but I also find that that type of training is that type of dog. Like a lot of those dogs aren't really pets either. They're that's all you need them for. You don't need them for anything else. They're out of the kennel. They're working and you know, they they're with a group of guys and if they don't come back, you know, it it slows the whole day down or it could potentially be dangerous and, or it could, you could, you know, lose a flock flying over. So it's, it's like a different dog too. And that's why I tried to, you know, I tried to, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, but how do you find it? method yeah and just yeah. like change it it makes the dog more of a pet and a you know yeah sport dog, whatever as far as like right well the stigma e collars everybody's like that's a shot call you're hurting your dog it's like <laughs> wait you don't understand how it works yeah yeah that's right and that's the, that's the mindset you have to have is it, it, immediately somebody comes out and says that you're like you they're just immediately telling you how much they know about dog training or the e-collar itself the ones that kill me are the people that are like, no, I just use e- leash pops or collar pops with a leash. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's really not different. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's still just, it's still just as potentially uncomfortable or annoying to the dog as tapping them. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's also, 
Yeah, and it's also not scalable off-leash. So if you want your dog to live an off-leash life, which is arguably the yeah. best life for a dog, that won't yeah. that won't apply. It's actually dangerous to let your dog run around with an off, you know, with a leash tied to him. They could get snagged. Oh, yeah. So anyway, there's not a question. It's just it's just education. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> I put out a bunch yeah. of free so, content, you know. So with this e-collar, and I'm assuming I know the answer already, but like like conditioning her with like her reactivity at home is ways we can use that to help her understand what we want, right? Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, so you would so go. Trying to get her to go to a place, mm -hmm. just using the collar, just like we would during any other training, giving yeah. her her command. Yeah. So essentially, because she's already kind of conditioned to it or conditioned to it, you would go low and work on it. So you would go down to a five and you'd say place or whatever you guys are using for place. She'd go to her place. Mm -hmm. And then if she didn't, you would just use your boost and immediately give her the pressure that she listens to because she's just trying to poke at you a little bit and say, eh, but it's a value system. It's a currency game. You know, it's like if mm -hmm. like my mom like comes into my house, my dogs go crazy because grandma lets them do anything and everything and play and toys and <laughs> just like, you know, real life grandmas, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so again, like I have to match them because they're, you know, they're, they're just, you know, mentally in a different state. So when you're working with your dogs or with your dog, you would do the conditioning, the practice, 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 practice. You would start to integrate some sort of distraction. So maybe having one of you go outside, ring the doorbell, things like that. And you kind of blend, you kind of blend. That's what you do is you start blending things in incrementally. You start off really small you want to keep the dog on the leash with the remote collar with their motive in your pocket. So treats in your pocket, a ball in the pocket, having the other dog put away while you're doing this so there's not a lot of distractions. And you start off very basic. Place, hold, continuous down. They get there. Yes, good place. It comes off. Bang, you pay him. Break. And then you just do that over. And then really what you're doing is you're you're taking the the send away increment. So the, the, the distance that you have between you and, this, and the place command will get bigger and bigger and bigger. So you might start off right next to the place, and by day three, you might be in the other room sending your dog to the place, and you got to work on that first, and then you start putting distractions in. She's already pretty strong on that, okay. like being able to send her to her crate. I don't know yeah. about place necessarily because we haven't worked with the place command as much, but we can send her to her crate. Mm -hmm. Same thing. So yeah. I think to pick that up yeah. to know that we want that bed instead of her. Yeah, and then and then you guys so gra graduate. Yeah, go ahead. I have is so when we started her on her e collar, we we paired her e collar with her with prong. her with her prong collar. Are we still keeping that on her with her e collar when we're doing this? Um, that's really up to you. They're two different things. They're two different tools. So, you know, right. it's, it's again, it's like showing up to a job site with a screwdriver and a measuring tape. They're two different things for two different jobs. Um, okay. so it, it just depends on what you're doing and what, what you may need for the job at the time, depending on the distractions in the environment, kind of like putting on a raincoat or putting on a t-shirt. It just depends on what's going to be happening that day that you might need. So yeah, I mean, the prong collar is going to give you that very instant, uh, power steering type of stuff, especially mm -hmm. if you're just not there on the e-collar yet. You know, the prong collar is a very, that's why it works so well and they're sold out of everywhere because, they're very quick to, you know, explain the dog what you need. They, they, you know, they understand pressure really quickly. So if you apply pressure mm -hmm. to them with that, so you could do both, but just understand that they're two separate things. And I think when would you use the prong 
in association with the e-collar, I would say like when you start to blend things because your e-collar may not be able to be as immediate as you would like it to be. So as you're starting, so say you're having people over tomorrow, you would say, okay, we are almost like fully mm-hmm. there, but we're not all the way there. So we need to, we need to maybe put the, put the prong collar on or the slip collar on or something like that. And, and kind of assist in that situation. Cause they're kind of two different things. So can you give like maybe a quick example of like the mechanics of how, like, so we're sure. having someone over tomorrow to go to place. What does sure. mechanically that look like? Well, it, I, yeah, the first thing I think of is the e-collar not being, for most dog owners when they're starting, you guys are a little bit different because you're already there. You've already done right. some conditioning. So if you right. wanted to use the prong, it would be more of a immediate backup. It. Yeah, it'd be, it'd, be like, it'd be like more of a training wheels. It'd be easier for you. Um, and then you can start to drift away from it a little bit. So somebody comes mm-hmm. over, she goes crazy. You tell her to place with the e-collar, she blows it off. You start correcting her, she blows it off. You go too high. She goes, oh my God, what was that? It's very chaotic. It's very stressful um, because you might not be there yet with your obedience. Your obedience. So it really doesn't have anything to do with the e-collar necessarily. It's because your obedience maybe isn't there. So do you want to fumble around with um, the technology right now? Or do you want to say, hey, I, I need... Because you're kind of letting them, you're enabling them at that point. You're not really ready for it. You, you'll be able to tell in the first 20 seconds whether they're going to be ready for it. So then just taking the leash and prong and just applying a little bit of pressure to kind of move the dog back to the place and, and reinforce it in a way that is more like, hey, bang, this is what you need to do. And then go back to the e-collar, breaker, send her back with the place and kind of work in between. And what that does is it just gives you that that accountability and that reinforcement because dogs are very, very, very opportunistic, especially like younger working dogs like you have where they're going to push. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you know, like with the, like a five-year-old it's like, yeah, but yeah, but constantly. Yeah, but. And so you need to be able to say, I need to be able to hold you accountable because you're going to say, Hey, go to your yeah. place. Yeah, right. So-and-so's here. I got to go. Well, if you're just mm-hmm. holding her back or maybe you're grabbing her collar, you don't have a leash set up on her. You're not, you're not a modifying the situation to say, yeah, I know, but you're going to, what am I chopped liver? We worked on this for the last two weeks. This is what you got to do. So it immediately gives you that accountability and it just lets her, it, it also will calm her down too. So it's not mm-hmm. so much of like suppression and, you know, being, being the person that's in charge, it's more or less just not letting a dog that can get overly stimulated because this is a very naturally a stimulating time, but it's also, I know you're, you know, pulling up to Disneyland um, parking lot okay, before everyone jumps out of the car and runs across the parking lot without looking, listen to me, hold my hand, watch for traffic. You know, we got to unpack things. Like, so just making sure that when that very stimulating thing happens and your dog goes zero to a hundred really quick, you're able to then reinforce some of these things and hold the dog accountable if they blow off all of the obedience that you just did. So the prong collar is just more of an immediate um, situation when you're dealing with Maybe um, maybe if you guys aren't there yet with the remote collar and your obedience isn't there. Okay, that makes sense. And then once you get better, your, once your obedience gets better, then you can just maybe just use the prong or the e-collar. And then eventually, nothing. The dog just listens because you ask them to listen. And you've, hold them, you've held them accountable. That's what builds confidence in learning. Holding mm-hmm. something or someone accountable. I know I'm going to get, you know, it's just like parenting. Like if you're, if, if one day you're like, you have to be home at nine and your kid shows up at nine Oh three and you, you punish them no more, no more iPhone, no more cartoons, no more whatever. And they're like, Oh man, 
and then the next time they show up at 9.30 and you're like, don't do it again, they're going to take their chances a little bit more. But if you're consistently holding them accountable and you're saying, this, this is what this means, you're going you're gonna to have a more straight arrow. You're going to say, there's no exceptions. I'm not, I'm not enabling you because I'm you know, feeling lazy today. I'm, I'm making sure when I ask you to do something, you, you're going to do it. So that way you can have your cake and eat it too and just say it, say it the first time. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, we're going to give it a shot. Sweet. We'll see how okay. it goes. All right, good luck, guys. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. It. You're welcome, guys. Good luck. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.